Chapter One of Memoirs of Napoleon, Volume One. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Christine Lamberton. Memoirs of Napoleon, Volume One, by Louis de Bourrienne napoleon bonaparte was born at ajaccio in corsica on the fifteenth of august seventeen sixty nine the original orthography of his name was buonaparte but he suppressed the u during his first campaign in italy his motives for so doing were merely to render the spelling comfortable with the pronunciation and to abridge his signature he signed Bonaparte even after the famous 13th Vandermeer. It has been affirmed that he was born in 1768, and that he represented himself to be a year younger than he really was. This is untrue. He always told me the 9th of August was his birthday, and, as I was born on the 9th of July, 1769, our proximity of age served to strengthen our union and friendship when we were both at the military college of brienne the false and absurd charge of bonaparte having misrepresented his age is decidedly refuted by a note in the register of m berton sub-principal of the college of brienne in which it is stated that Monsieur Napoleon de Buonaparte, Ecuyer, born in the city of Ajaccio in Corsica on the 15th of August, 1769, left the Royal Military College of Brienne on the 17th of October, 1784. The stories about his low extraction are alike devoid of foundation. His family was poor, and he was educated at the public expense, an advantage of which many honourable families avail themselves. A memorial addressed by his father, Charles Buonaparte, to the Minister of War, states that his fortune had been reduced by the failure of some enterprise in which he had engaged, and by the injustice of the Jesuits, by whom he had been deprived of an inheritance the object of this memorial was to solicit a sub-lieutenant's commission for napoleon who was then fourteen years of age and to get lucian entered a pupil of the military college the minister wrote on the back of the memorial give the usual answer if there be a vacancy and on the margin are these words this gentleman has been informed that his request is inadmissible as long as his second son remains at the school of brienne two brothers cannot be placed at the same time in the military schools when napoleon was fifteen he was sent to paris until he should attain the requisite age for entering the army lucien was not received into the college of brienne at least not until his brother had quitted the military school of paris bonaparte was undoubtedly a man of good family i have seen an authentic account of his genealogy 
which he obtained from tuscany a great deal has been said about the civil dissensions which forced his family to quit italy and take refuge in corsica on this subject i shall say nothing many and various accounts have been given of bonaparte's youth note the following interesting trait of napoleon's childhood is derived from the memoirs of the duchesse de bran he was one day accused by one of his sisters of having eaten a basket full of grapes figs and citrons which had come from the garden of his uncle the canon none but those who were acquainted with the bonaparte family can form any idea of the enormity of this offence to eat fruit belonging to the uncle the canon was infinitely more criminal than to eat grapes and figs which might be claimed by anybody else an inquiry took place napoleon denied the fact and was whipped he was told that if he would beg pardon he should be forgiven he protested that he was innocent but he was not believed if i recollect rightly his mother was at the time on a visit to monsieur de Maubeuf or some other friend the result of napoleon's obstinacy was that he was kept three whole days on bread and cheese and that cheese was not brocchio however he would not cry he was dull but not sulky at length on the fourth day of his punishment a little friend of marianne bonaparte returned from the country and on hearing of napoleon's disgrace she confessed that she and marianne had eaten the fruit it was now marianne's turn to be punished when napoleon was asked why he had not accused his sister he replied that though he suspected that she was guilty yet out of consideration to her little friend who had no share in the falsehood he had said nothing he was then only seven years of age volume one page nine edit eighteen eighty three end of note he has been described in terms of enthusiastic praise and exaggerated condemnation it is ever thus with individuals who by talent or favourable circumstances are raised above their fellow-creatures bonaparte himself laughed at all the stories which were got up for the purpose of embellishing or blackening his character in early life an anonymous publication entitled the history of napoleon bonaparte from his birth to his last abdication contains perhaps the greatest collection of false and ridiculous details about his boyhood among other things it is stated that he fortified a garden to protect himself from the attacks of his comrades who a few lines lower down are described as treating him with esteem and respect i remember the circumstances which probably gave rise to the fabrication inserted in the work just mentioned they were as follows during the winter of seventeen eighty three to eighty four so memorable for heavy falls of snow 
napoleon was greatly at a loss for those retired walks and outdoor recreations in which he used to take much delight he had no alternative but to mingle with his comrades and for exercise to walk with them up and down a spacious hall napoleon weary of this monotonous promenade told his comrades that he thought they might amuse themselves much better with the snow in the great courtyard if they would get shovels and make hornworks dig trenches raise parapets cavaliers etc this being done said he we may divide ourselves into sections form a siege and i will undertake to direct the attacks the proposal which was received with enthusiasm was immediately put into execution this little sham war was carried on for the space of a fortnight and did not cease until a quantity of gravel and small stones having got mixed with the snow of which we made our bullets many of the combatants besiegers as well as besieged were seriously wounded i well remember that i was one of the worst sufferers from this sort of grape-shot fire it is almost unnecessary to contradict the story about the ascent in the balloon it is now very well known that the hero of that headlong adventure was not young bonaparte as has been alleged but one of his comrades dudon de chambon who was somewhat eccentric of this his subsequent conduct afforded sufficient proofs bonaparte's mind was directed to objects of a totally different kind he turned his attention to political science during some of his vacations he enjoyed the society of the abbey Raynal, who used to converse with him on government legislation commercial relations etc on festival days when the inhabitants of brienne were admitted to our amusements posts were established for the maintenance of order nobody was permitted to enter the interior of the building without a card signed by the principal or vice-principal the rank of officers or sub-officers was conferred according to merit and bonaparte one day had the command of a post when the following little adventure occurred which affords an instance of his decision of character the wife of the porter of the school note this woman named hort was afterwards placed at malmaison with her husband they both died as concierges of malmaison this shows that napoleon had a memory Bourienne, end of note who was very well known because she used to sell milk fruit etc to the pupils presented herself one saint louis day for admittance to the representation of the death of caesar corrected in which i was to perform the part of brutus as the woman had no ticket and insisted on being admitted without one some disturbance arose the sergeant of the post reported the matter to the officer napoleon bonaparte 
who in an imperious tone of voice exclaimed send away that woman who comes here with her camp impudence this was in seventeen eighty two bonaparte and i were eight years of age when our friendship commenced it speedily became very intimate for there was a certain sympathy of heart between us i enjoyed this friendship and intimacy until seventeen eighty four when he was transferred from the military college of brienne to that of paris i was one among those of his youthful comrades who could best accommodate themselves to his stern character his natural reserve his disposition to meditate on the conquest of corsica and the impressions he had received in childhood respecting the misfortunes of his country and his family led him to seek retirement and rendered his general demeanour though in appearance only somewhat unpleasing our equality of age brought us together in the classes of the mathematics and belles-lettres his ardent wish to acquire knowledge was remarkable from the very commencement of his studies when he first came to the college he spoke only the corsican dialect and the sieur de puy note he afterwards filled the post of librarian to napoleon at malmaison End of note. who was vice-principal before father berton gave him instructions in the french language in this he made such rapid progress that in a short time he commenced the first rudiments of latin but to this study he invents such a repugnance that at the age of fifteen he was not out of the fourth class there i left him very speedily but i could never get before him in the mathematical class in which he was undoubtedly the cleverest lad at the college i used sometimes to help him with his latin themes and versions in return for the aid he afforded me in the solution of problems at which he evinced a degree of readiness and facility which perfectly astonished me when at brienne bonaparte was remarkable for the dark colour of his complexion which subsequently the climate of france somewhat changed for his piercing and scrutinising glance and for the style of his conversation both with his masters and comrades his conversation almost always bore the appearance of ill-humour and he was certainly not very amiable this i attribute to the misfortunes his family had sustained and the impressions made on his mind by the conquest of his country the pupils were invited by turns to dine with father berton the head of the school one day it being bonaparte's turn to enjoy this indulgence some of the professors who were at table designedly made some disrespectful remarks on Paoli, of whom they knew the young corsican was an enthusiastic admirer Paoli, observed bonaparte was a great man he loved his country and i will never forgive my father who is his adjutant for having concurred in the union of corsica with france 
he ought to have followed paoli's fortune and have fallen with him note the duchess d'abrant speaking of the personal characteristics of bonaparte in youth and manhood says severia told me that napoleon was never a pretty boy as joseph was for example his head always appeared too large for his body a defect common to the bonaparte family when napoleon grew up the particular charm of his countenance lay in his eye especially in the mild expression it assumed in his moments of kindness his anger to be sure was frightful and though i am no coward i never could look at him in his fits of rage without shuddering though his smile was captivating yet the expression of his mouth when disdainful or angry could scarcely be seen without terror but that forehead which seemed formed to bear the crowns of a whole world those hands of which the most coquettish woman might have been vain and whose white skin covered muscles of iron in short of all that personal beauty which distinguished napoleon as a young man no traces were discernible in the boy severia spoke truly when she said that of all the children of signora laetitia the emperor was the one from whom future greatness was least to be prognosticated volume one page ten edit eighteen eighty three end of note generally speaking bonaparte was not much liked by his comrades at brienne he was not social with them and rarely took part in their amusements his country's recent submission to france always caused in his mind a painful feeling which estranged him from his schoolfellows i however was almost his constant companion during play hours he used to withdraw to the library where he read with deep interest works of history particularly polybius and plutarch he was also fond of arianus but did not care much for quintus gertius i often went off to play with my comrades and left him by himself in the library the temper of the young Corsican was not improved by the teasing he frequently experienced from his comrades, who were fond of ridiculing him about his Christian name Napoleon and his country. He often said to me, I will do these French all the mischief I can, and when I tried to pacify him, he would say, But you do not ridicule me, you like me father patrolled our mathematical professor was much attached to bonaparte he was justly proud of him as a pupil the other professors in whose classes he was not distinguished took little notice of him he had no taste for the study of languages polite literature or the arts as there were no indications of his ever becoming a scholar the pedants of the establishment were inclined to think him stupid 
his superior intelligence was however sufficiently perceptible even through the reserve under which it was veiled if the monks to whom the superintendence of the establishment was confided had understood the organization of his mind if they had engaged more able mathematical professors or if we had had any incitement to the study of chemistry natural philosophy astronomy etc i am convinced that bonaparte would have pursued these sciences with all the genius and spirit of investigation which he displayed in a career more brilliant it is true but less useful to mankind unfortunately the monks did not perceive this and were too poor to pay for good masters however after bonaparte left the college they found it necessary to engage two professors from paris otherwise the college would have fallen to nothing these two new professors m defont and m despont finished my education and i regretted that they did not come sooner the often repeated assertion of bonaparte having received a careful education at brienne is therefore untrue the monks were incapable of giving it to him and for my own part i must confess that the extended information of the present day is to me a painful contrast with the limited course of education i received at the military college it is only surprising that the establishment should have produced a single able man though bonaparte had no reason to be satisfied with the treatment he received from his comrades yet he was above complaining of it and when he had the supervision of any duty which they infringed he would rather go to prison than denounce the criminals i was one day his accomplice in omitting to enforce a duty which we were appointed to supervise he prevailed on me to accompany him to prison where we remained three days we suffered this sort of punishment several times but with less severity in seventeen eighty three the duke of orleans and madame de montesson visited brienne and for upwards of a month the magnificent chateau of the comte de brienne was a versailles in miniature the series of brilliant entertainments which were given to the august travellers made them almost forget the royal magnificence they had left behind them the prince and madame de montesson expressed a wish to preside at the distribution of the prizes of our college bonaparte and i won the prizes in the class of mathematics which as i have already observed was the branch of study to which he confined his attention and in which he excelled when i was called up for the seventh time madame de montesson said to my mother who had come from seine to be present at the distribution pray madame crown your son this time my hands are a-weary there was an inspector of the military schools whose business it was to make an annual report on each pupil 
whether educated at the public expense or paid for by his family i copied from the report of seventeen eighty four a note which was probably obtained surreptitiously from the war office i wanted to purchase the manuscript but louis bonaparte bought it i did not make a copy of the note which related to myself because i should naturally have felt diffident in making any use of it it would however have served to show how time and circumstances frequently reversed the distinctions which arise at school or college judging from the reports of the inspector of military schools young bonaparte was not of all the pupils at brienne in seventeen eighty four the one most calculated to excite prognostics of future greatness and glory the note to which i have just alluded and which was written by monsieur de corelio then inspector of the military schools describes bonaparte in the following terms inspection of military schools seventeen eighty four report made for his majesty by monsieur de corelio monsieur de buonaparte napoleon born fifteenth august seventeen sixty nine height four feet ten inches ten lines is in the fourth class has a good constitution excellent health character obedient upright grateful conduct very regular has been always distinguished by his application to mathematics he knows history and geography very passably he is not well up in ornamental studies or in latin in which he is only in the fourth class he will be an excellent sailor he deserves to be passed on to the military school of paris father berton however opposed bonaparte's removal to paris because he had not passed through the fourth latin class and the regulations required that he should be in the third i was informed by the vice-principal that a report relative to napoleon was sent from the college of brienne to that of paris in which he was described as being domineering imperious and obstinate note napoleon remained upwards of five years at brienne from april seventeen seventy nine till the latter end of seventeen eighty four in seventeen eighty three the chevalier Carelio, sub-inspector of the military schools selected him to pass the year following to the military school at paris to which three of the best scholars were annually sent from each of the twelve provincial military schools of france it is curious as well as satisfactory to know the opinion at this time entertained of him by those who were the best qualified to judge his old master le guil professor of history at paris boasted that in a list of the different scholars he had predicted his pupil's subsequent career in fact to the name of bonaparte the following note is added 
a corsican by birth and character he will do something great if circumstances favour him menge was his instructor in geometry who also entertained a high opinion of him monsieur bauer his german master was the only one who saw nothing in him and was surprised at being told he was undergoing his examination for the artillery hazlitt end of note i knew bonaparte well and i think monsieur de Corellio's report of him was exceedingly just except perhaps that he might have said he was very well as to his progress in history and geography and very backward in latin but certainly nothing indicated the probability of his being an excellent seaman he himself had no thought of the navy note bourrienne is certainly wrong as to bonaparte having no thought of the navy in a letter of seventeen eighty four to the minister of war his father says of napoleon that following the advice of the comte de Marboeuf, he has turned his studies towards the navy and so well has he succeeded that he was intended by monsieur de corellio for the school of paris and afterwards for the department of toulon the retirement of the former professor corellio has changed the fate of my son it was only on the failure of his intention to get into the navy that his father on fifteenth july seventeen eighty four applied for permission for him to enter the artillery napoleon having a horror of the infantry where he said they did nothing it was on the success of this application that he was allowed to enter the school of paris jung tome one pages ninety one to a hundred and three oddly enough in later years on thirtieth august seventeen ninety two having just succeeded in getting himself reinstated as captain after his absence overstaying leave he applied to pass into the artillery de la marine the application was judged to be simply absurd and was filed with this note s r sa réponse jung tome two page two hundred and one end of note in consequence of monsieur de corellio's report bonaparte was transferred to the military college of paris along with monsieur monteby de dompierre de castre de comminges and monsieur de logier de bellecourt who were all like him educated at the public expense and all at least as favourably reported what could have induced sir walter scott to say that bonaparte was the pride of the college that our mathematical master was exceedingly fond of him and that the other professors in the different sciences had equal reason to be satisfied with him what i have above stated together with the report of monsieur de corellio bear evidence of his backwardness in almost every branch of education except mathematics 
neither was it as sir walter affirms his precocious progress in mathematics that occasioned him to be removed to paris he had attained the proper age and the report of him was favourable therefore he was very naturally included among the number of the five who were chosen in seventeen eighty four in a biographical account of bonaparte i have read the following anecdote when he was fourteen years of age he happened to be at a party where some one pronounced a high eulogism on turenne and a lady in the company observed that he certainly was a great man and that she should like him better if he had not burned the palatinate what signifies that replied bonaparte if it was necessary to the object he had in view this is either an anachronism or a mere fabrication bonaparte was fourteen in the year seventeen eighty three he was then at brienne where certainly he did not go into company and least of all the company of ladies end of chapter one recording by christine lamberton